Sleepy Hollow is a place like no other, a place where the forces of good and evil collide for the fate of the world. Prophecies foretold witnesses destined to protect us all. But will they prevail? Armed with keen insights and the ability to see into dark realms, well, maybe. Barb and Steve help decipher The Witness Prophecies, a fan podcast dedicated to Sleepy Hollow on Fox. Welcome to Sleepy Hollow. There has been a resurrection, and I have a secret. Steve, if the secret is that the podcast has new co-hosts this season, then I think we're not in danger. The cat's out of the bag. Barb, you may be right, but to be sure, let's share it all now. I'm Steve Salyer, and I'm one of your new hosts for The Witness Prophecies. Uh, Some of you may have... uh, Heard me on the Sleepy Hollow podcast or the Elementary podcast. I've I've been podcasting a lot uh, several years now. Um, I'm extremely happy to be with uh, Golden Spiral Media now, and uh, looking forward to uh, enjoying this season of Sleepy Hollow with Barb. And I'm Barb Rankin, and I'm joining Steve for this adventure in Sleepy Hollow. And we'd really like to thank Karen and Jamie for chasing monsters during the last two seasons. But I've heard that they were headed to Quantico for a new opportunity. I'm going to bet that we're going to hear from them again. Oh, no doubt. (laughs) No doubt. Well, there's been some big changes for season three. Uh, The first one that was announced was uh, the change in showrunners. Uh, Mark Goffman was removed and replaced by Clifton Campbell. Uh, They also moved filming locations. Uh, They moved from North Carolina to uh, just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And there have also been uh, some cast changes as well. And now we have a few new regulars. One is Nikki Reed, who is playing Betsy Ross. And she comes from uh, to us from Twilight Movies and from the OC. You may have seen her there. We also have Shannon Sossaman, who's Pandora. And some of you may have seen her recently on Wayward Pines. She's also been on Mistresses and How to Make It in America. Lance Gross, who is Daniel Reynolds, has been in Crisis. Well, not literally in Crisis, of course, but on the TV show Crisis. And in House of Pain. Uh, Zach Appleman is back as Joe Corbin, and uh, I think he was a fan favorite here from last season. Oh, absolutely. Everybody liked Joe. The Corbins are uh, a well-liked family in Sleepy Hollow, especially with the Sleepyheads. Unfortunately, we uh, lost some uh, cast members. Uh, Orlando Jones is Captain Frank Irving. Neil Jackson is Abraham. Matt Barr as Nick Holly and Sakina Joffrey as Sheriff Reyes. So they definitely have uh, kind of uh, shaken the cast up and see where things uh, land for this season, and and we'll see. I'm I'm hopeful. Yeah, clearly there was a lot of fan feedback 
uh, that expressed some concern over where the storyline was going and with new showrunners, new characters. Some characters gone, Steve. Looks like uh, they're spooling us up for a brand new and exciting season three. Well, if episode one was any uh, indication, I, I think you're right there, Barb. Uh, I I was excited to see how things were going to start, and I definitely enjoyed this episode. Yes, it was really nice to see the dynamic between Inkabod and Abby front and center again. I think that everyone really enjoyed that episode. And speaking of that, our very first episode was titled Eyewitness, and what an appropriate way to begin the season. So let me give you a very quick and short summary, courtesy of Wikipedia. Abby Mills receives a message from Inkabod Crane after not hearing from him for several months. They now become aware of a new evil that must be addressed and join forces with old friends to face this new threat to Sleepy Hollow. Now the Nielsen ratings for Sleepy Hollow, the live plus same day was down quite a bit. It was only 3.5 million and a 0.9 share in, uh, rating in 18 to 40 in adults 18 to 49. Now this was down almost 2 million viewers from last season's uh, premiere. But it rebounded in the live plus three going up to 5 million viewers and a 1.3 rating, which was a 70% increase. And then when we got to the live plus seven day numbers, the viewers increased to 5.8 million and a 1.5 in adults 18 to 49, which means not all the sleepyheads are watching on Thursday nights now that we've moved from Monday to Thursday, but they are still watching. So that's um, definitely some uh, positive news uh, coming at a week after the premiere. <laughs> we still had some good numbers. Yeah, and it's great to see that. Uh, hopefully, as the word gets out that the series has been a little bit retooled, perhaps we can rope back in some of the old listeners and or the old uh, TV watchers and get them back on TV and watching this great show. Yeah, well, they're up against some really tough competition in that in their time slot on Thursday night with both Scandal and The Blacklist. So it, it's definitely going to be an uphill climb to have great live plus same-day numbers, I'm afraid. Yeah, they also have a good lead-in, though, with Bones, and I know that that's a fan favorite on TV. So, uh, again, with that nice lead-in, uh, again, a tough night, as you said, but let's keep our fingers crossed. And anyway, there still is the power of recording and all the it other is. ways to watch. Absolutely. So, Steve, what kind of rating did you give to the very first episode for Season 3? Well, I I enjoyed it immensely. It, it felt like the Season 1 Sleepy Hollow that everybody fell in love with. So I ended up giving it 9.0. Please give me Crane on a plane. <laughs> that would have been fun to watch. You know, and I have to agree with you. What did you rate it, Barb? Uh, Steve, I have to agree oh, with you. Yes. I thought it was a great start to the season, and I gave it nine colonial eateries. 
I'm always thinking about food. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. They uh, love the bobblehead uh, Ben Franklin. Oh, uh, wasn't that adorable? <laughs> I want one for my very own. Bobbleheads of historical figures. Figures. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll call the bad guys this season uh, Team Second Tribulation, I guess. Well, I think that's where we may be in the middle of the Second Tribulation. Tribulation. I have to agree with you. Well, we uh, meet Pandora right off the bat. At least and she didn't come out of a box. Yeah, at least she didn't. She had the box with her, but... Yeah. <laughs> it was um, amazing that she was able to take Headless out so effortlessly. I had to give that one a bit of a hand wave because he has been <laughs> such a formidable opponent for the last two seasons. I know, I that I, I just that that grabbed my attention immediately and said, "Okay, uh, Pandora's got something here that I wasn't aware of." And so, um, well, I guess I, we will see. I almost wondered if perhaps she was storing him there. You know, in many other TV shows, we see um, the the person or the the good guys get sucked into this vortex, this spinning cloud vortex that we saw inside of the box, and yet they're just trapped there. And I thought maybe he was trapped, but Inkabod didn't think that was the case. Inkabod thought that he was gone. Yeah, yeah. The, the necklace that um, Katrina had that allowed her to uh, see... Um, Headless as Abraham definitely uh, glowed green and then went black. So I, I kind of understand where uh, Ichabod thought that way. I hope that Abraham didn't pay a lot for that to watch that stone crack so easily. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Think how much that necklace might have been worth in today's dollars. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what did you think about... Uh, our monster of this uh, episode, the Yagwai. Well, I was glad it was in, in the TV because it scared the dickens out of me and I didn't <laughs> want it feeding on my fear. No. Yeah, very interesting um, monster to say the least. Um, we had seen, um, or at least the monster's been mentioned in, in a couple of other shows. Um, the one that I immediately clued in on was uh, Once Upon a Time mm -hmm. uh, from the second season when um, Maleficent cast a, a curse on um, on the prince and um, Belle and Milan were both tracking it down and Milan was ready to kill it and Belle realized that no, it wasn't a monster, it was actually the prince and saved him, so... Yes, uh, you and I watch this, uh, the same shows, Steve. Oh, those are a lot of S's. I can't say that. <laughs> but yes, I thought about the same type of thing. You're right on target. But we've, uh, but we've got our team witnesses here too, don't we? Yes, and and Jenny is back, and it looks like she may be um, a little more front and center this year. Yes, that that was I was jumping up and down. 
because it seemed like in 20 minutes of, in this episode when she was on screen, she did more than what she did all of last season, it seemed like. Yeah, she was great. And I think that as we get into the season, we're going to see a few more hints that she and Abby are going to have a lot more roles to play. And uh, I, I think we're going to see a very nice dynamic between the sisters. But she is trying to lead a more normal life. Yeah, and I thought that was really important because there as the episode kind of moved along, it really looked like Abby was kind of still not 100% in. And it it almost, you know, there was one scene where... Um, Jenny and Crane are, are having a conversation about their, you know, what they're trying to do to get their lives together. And you almost, it almost made you feel like, is Jenny going to be more with Ichabod than Abby during this season? But as it ended up, Abby finally came, turn, you know, came around some, not completely. I mean, I thought she was after the episode, but... Mm, not so sure now. <laughs> no, and I think we'll be talking about those that seeming reluctance a little bit more as we go on. I think we're going to be dealing with that for a few episodes at least. I agree. So what about Inkabod, Steve? What did you think about him? Well, new do. Some people liked it, some people didn't. <laughs> I have to uh, I have to tell you I was at Dragon Con this year. Right. And someone asked him about his new do because he was wearing it shorter. And he proceeded to go into a discourse about his season 1, season 2 and season 3 look. And Nicole Bahari was sitting next to him. And the look she gave him and he said, "Oh dear." I probably shouldn't have talked about that, meaning his brand new look for season three, because, of course, this was Labor Day weekend and the show had not started yet. And he thought, oh, my goodness. Well, the very next day um, when he did his second panel and I stood in line to get his autograph, he was wearing a hat. And so as I stepped up to him, I said, I noticed you're wearing a hat today. Are you trying to hide your hair so that no one will ask you any questions about that? <laughs> and he said, yes, Nicole isn't here with me today to keep me in line. I, so I had to wear my hat. <laughs> Adorable. Oh, uh, yes. I would love to see them come to Dallas for Comic-Con down here. That would be just awesome. Now, Ichabod apparently kind of got lost he decided he needed to go for a walkabout and kind of lost track of time, <laughs> apparently. Nine months is a long time to go yeah, on a walkabout. To, to lose track of time, yes. Even uh, John Locke didn't do that from Lost. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, I can understand um, Someone not being real happy about uh, it being nine months between uh, phone calls and seeing that the phone call was, I'm in trouble, please come get me out. Yeah, that's <laughs> not a good thing either. Not usually. But of course, we didn't, you know, 
We we need crane on a plane flashback yep, writers. <laughs> we really do. And of course, you know, it probably would be not would have been great to see how he handled the TSA when they found the tablet in his stuff. Cuz I think that probably would have been hilarious as well. Well, he ended up uh he ended up in jail, so I I think they didn't like whatever he had to say. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> but as belligerent as he can be sometimes at today's world, you know, things in today's world, I, it would just have been hilarious to see them, you know, as soon as he opened his mouth, they'd probably had him pinned on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> You know, just don't say anything. You shouldn't have brought this. <laughs> We're taking you to, <laughs> I to how entertainment. I, I still wonder how he ever got a passport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A very good question. But we can hand wave that. At least for the time being. At least for the time being. <laughs> well. So, Abby. Yes. Well, she... She went off to uh, FBI training, which is exactly where she was going to go at the very beginning of season one before she postponed that because she felt that she had a calling as a witness. And, you know, I suppose after not seeing or talking to Crane, not even knowing where he was for a nine-month period of time, she probably decided that she was not going to put her life on hold. No, I, I don't. And who could blame her? I mean, you know, she had goals, and it looked like they had won. Exactly. You know, at the end of last season, all the bad guys were gone. So, you know, it was like, hey, <laughs> okay, we won. <laughs> no apocalypse. And I, I wonder, you know, n nothing was ever said in this episode, but you have to wonder if Crane perhaps... If she or if she thought that Crane blamed her in some way, or if she felt some remorse in some way for the fact that both his his wife and his son died, even if they had gone to the dark side, and that would certainly put some type of strain on their relationship. And in, as you had indicated, Crane said that he needed to go on a walkabout and to clear his head. So she mm -hmm. moved on with her life. Mm -hmm. And I think you know, you and I were looking up uh, training for. Um, uh, for at Quantico, you know, for FBI, for potential FBI agents, not that we're going to become FBI agents or anything <laughs> like that, but it, it, it appears on there that it, it takes about 20 weeks. So, you know, over a five month period of time. And if she did complete it early too, then, you know, she's had plenty of time to get out, get FBI training, begin to get established again. And it's all a very reasonable uh, time period. But, what do you think? Okay, season season three, episode one, season one, episode one. Her bosses are getting knocked off by strange, evil creatures. What's that all about? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, and of course it was Sea Howl. And you go, oh. And Abby and him had great chemistry. And you thought, oh, this this could be fantastic. And they kill him in the first episode, and you just go, oh, come on, man, give me a break. I know. 
I you get these great actors to be your boss and then you get rid of them and what happened that's not fair <laughs> it makes me think that there needs to be a new line on a job application what happened to your last boss yeah. <sighs> but yeah. Uh, yeah but she she definitely showed a lot of reluctance to becoming a witness again and involving herself in that full time i think that took a lot of it had to take a lot out of her emotionally right and so she is pursuing her life and the dream that she always had uh but by the end of the episode she seemed to be albeit reluctantly, but back in the fold with Crane saying that they have monsters and they need to do something about it. But she I, she still had a bit of reluctance. So. Yeah. Well, what, what sold me was, you know, she sees the Yagwai kill her boss. And, of course, she saw... Corbin get killed too. But when they had the uh, drug dealer, you know, and he had the prisoners, the hostages, and wanted to talk just to her because he wanted to make sure he was seeing what he saw and knew that she had seen it too. You know, that nice little speech she gave was, yes, there's monsters and, and I'm here to defeat him. And, you know, it It was Abby of last season. I didn't really hear any hesitancy in that speech. And I was going, yes, Abby's back. Abby's back. But <laughs> apparently not 100% yet. No, but in the passion of the moment, she yeah. knew that at least part of this is her calling. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, we know uh, our previous host of this podcast had a segment that uh, I think even they tripped up on occasionally in trying to pronounce it as anachronisms. Well, Barb and I have decided that mm, that's going to be a little difficult for both of us to say regularly and consistently so we're going to change it <laughs> now we're not the great english scholars that karen is we fully admit our shortcomings in this area yes. so steve you've got a great new name ah uh, yes it's called icky isms i can say that word yes <laughs> and we had quite a few um Ickyisms in this episode. What were some of them, Steve? I think I'd like to hear them again. Oh, um, it was only then that I gleaned what they meant by return your to your upright and locked position. <laughs> and that's <laughs> I can I have a visual of him standing up in the aisle, locking and bowing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Abby Abby gets a, a shout-out here because she has to mention Crane on a Plane, I Miss Everything. And, yes, hashtag Crane on a Plane, make it happen, Sleepy Hollow writers. Beautiful. We want to see it. <laughs> Beautiful line. We also get introduced to 
Betsy Ross, <laughs> Super Spy, <laughs> 006. Um, and Crane's line was, yeah, Betsy was a little more than just the flag woman. Now, that was quite a bit different than his description of Betsy Ross in season one. <laughs> yes, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> whole lot of backstory he didn't uh, bother to fill in in season one that's for sure because uh it sure seemed you know he made it sound like yes this seamstress was chasing him around trying to uh make passes at him uh, and mm, not quite what we saw from uh <laughs> betsy ross no she so was far. a she was a, she's been a take-no-prisoners type of woman. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see what the fans in general think of Betsy Ross this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it will be. And, of course, we get the famous uh, introduction to Ben Franklin Bobblehead at the eatery and the deeds of so many brave men and women, signposts of, our, of history, reminders of hardship, and the ultimate sacrifice. They've taken it and used it to decorate an eatery. <laughs> oh, poor and Crane. Then, yeah, and my favorite was, you know, they walk into the restaurant and the greeter is there and just Crane almost goes off on him, but doesn't but does leave with this tidbit. The corner goes at the front. You're not a pirate. <laughs> I loved Crane on a plane, but I have to admit the you're not a pirate. Yeah. That I just thought that was wonderful. <laughs> and the poor kid was just dumbfounded. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, it looks like our history lessons are going to take a different uh, bit of a twist this year. Um, we have Pandora's box, which is interesting. And this is apparently going to be our second tribulation in some manner, shape, or form. And when I think of Pandora's box, I normally don't think of a tribulation, so it'll be interesting to see how the writers spin it. Because really, Pandora's box is an art artifact in Greek mythology. And it's supposed to be a large jar that was given to Pandora, and it contained all the evils of the world. And at least that part we seem to be sticking fairly truly to. <laughs> yeah. However, our Pandora is collecting the evils, um, or at least I think she's helping them grow. And in Greek mythology, when Pandora opened the jar, all of the evils flew out, 
leaving only hope inside once she had closed it again. And I'm not sure that our Pandora has much hope in there unless there's some hope that she's going to take over, destroy the world. So again, it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. But today, the phrase to open Pandora's box means to perform an action that may seem small or innocent, but that turns out to have severely detrimental and far-reaching consequences. And certainly, we've seen some of that already. Yes. And she definitely has uh, got her eyes on the witnesses well before they were even aware of who she is or um, anything like that. So they've definitely, you know, she's got an advantage on them right now. And, and that's what makes me think that she truly is going to turn out to be a tribulation in some way with the box or with whatever it is that she's going to try and do with the box. And it seems that she's using this box. I mean, here she was going out and she was seeking fear because fear was going to add power somehow back to whatever the ultimate context, contents or the purpose of the box is going to be. But you're right. She has her sights on them. So yes. taking them down is her mission. <laughs> yes. Apparently she is, you know, knows who they are and that they're the witnesses. And it was interesting to see, hear her say that, yeah, it was good to be home. And, you know, you kind of think that, you know, with it being Greek mythology, she would, the costume wouldn't quite fit Ichabod's time frame, but she looked more like she fit back in that time frame than before that, at least. So it, I'm real curious to find out, and if we do get to find out, if you know, what happened to her between Greek and colonial times or <laughs> or has she been around the whole time and just kind of found her way back to Sleepy Hollow? Well, or here's another alternative, Steve. Just the same way that the Mill sisters are descendants of Grace Dixon and have apparently in, inherited uh, some of that evil fighting power if you will, okay. perhaps like Pandora is a descendant of, of, uh, of earliest times, Greek times. And perhaps there is a certain power uh, from some type of tribulation that she's going to bring with her. So I think I'm going to have to spend some time studying the different tribulations and let's see how some of that might relate. Sounds like a good plan. Mm-hmm. Well, we would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Uh, we will be more active on Twitter as well as Facebook as uh, we get things uh, kicked off here and catched up, ca caught up in the season. Uh, we did have some uh, feedback from uh, our Facebook fans. Uh, Scott Drone Silvers uh, posted, uh, he liked the uh episode quite a bit uh, he won't go further since some folks may not have watched it yet well Scott you can now post the rest of your thoughts please 
uh, Justina. This was a season. This was a season is off to a great start. I love that a new aspect of mythology is beginning. A new chapter is a very exciting book. The episode had sort of an X Files vibe to it to me. Interesting uh, thought there, Justina. And Giovanna, I need more. I need some more time with the new characters. Well, yes, to figure them out. And can they top the Katrina Henry Mollick storyline? Uh, that's wait and see if that happens. Um, also, I am hoping something more will come of last season's Orion episode. I'm also hoping to see or hear more about Irving. Yes, sir. I think we would all love to hear more about Irving. Yes, certainly they didn't close the door on his character. They just said that he had taken off in, in what was something parallel to a witness protection program to ensure that his family was safe. Safe, right. So you never know what will happen there. All right. You want to give everybody our contact information, Barb? Absolutely. Uh, the listeners, our wonderful Golden Spiral Media listeners, can find us at Witness Prophecies on Facebook. You can reach us at the Golden Spiral uh, feedback line, which is at www.goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback, uh, 304 837-2278. Uh, you can use the speak pipe widget that's on the side of the page. You can also just send us an email with your written feedback or attach audio feedback. And you can use the little drop-down section at Golden Spiral Media under podcasts when you find witness prophecies. And there's a little feedback section in there. You can fill that out. And you can reach us on Twitter at Witness Prof GSM, which is W I T N E S S P R O P H G S M. You can reach Steve at Salyer Steve, S A L Y E R S T E V E. And you can find me on Twitter at Tangier14, T A N G I E R 14. You And for our feedback deadline, that's going to be at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, every Saturday after the show. And uh, we'll be recording on Saturday evenings. And our, we're really looking forward to getting all your feedback and your comments about each week's episode. Yes, the uh, Sleepyheads have always been a very uh, vocal group as far as their uh, feelings about the episodes uh, are concerned. So uh, we are looking forward to... Uh, getting yours as well and please review and rate us on itunes with good ratings and reviews it helps other fans of the show find us as there are several other sleepy hollow podcasts out there to subscribe in itunes to any gsm podcast go to golden slash itunes tell your friends and hope you've enjoyed our uh, little intro podcast and covering of episode one uh if you're interested in uh, purchasing uh season uh two of sleepy hollow 
please use our Amazon links on the Golden Spiral Media page. It doesn't cost you any extra and just kicks back a couple of pennies our way. And a few pennies is a wonderful thing. Absolutely is. So Until Steve, next week, sleepyheads, this is Steve. And this is Barb signing out and reminding you that good things don't always come in small little boxes. Thank you.